Hello and welcome back to the Thundersticks Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Kreider, and today I'm going to be making sense of everything that happened. Um, this is pretty much as live as it can get. I mean, I just got back from the Mule, the uh, the Down and Dunk lottery party. Just got back from that, and now I'm recording. It's a bit of a drive, but um, yeah, I mean, I have just been thinking of pretty much Keon Johnson and Scotty Barnes for the last hour. So yeah, I, I still got the lottery pretty fresh on my mind. But before I start on the Thunders, you know, outcome, everything, you know, big shout out to the Down and Dunk guys for, you know, putting on their little draft party at the Mule. It was awesome. I got there at like five and nobody was there. Like, um, you know, the, the lottery started at 730. I got there at 530 or at five, and no one was there. I think the next people to show up were Hunter and Clemente from Bricktown Breakdown. So it's pretty funny that, like, none of the OKC crowd is showing up, you know, like, immediately. It was just weird. But, yeah, I mean, just kind of sitting, chilling, had some all right grilled cheese, and then just got to watch the, the show unfold. And my goodness, man, I mean, it's not the worst case scenario, right? But um, it is pretty damn close. And looking at Tyler Carroll's, you know, projections, the the actual outcome we got is the most common out of anything. You know, 6 and 18 was like 18.07% or something. Next closest was 12. So should have seen it coming. If you're going into Vegas, yeah, that'd be what you would be pushing for. Obviously, we did not want that. And I don't have the actual audio from the mule. I know that you guys can check out audio. I think Hunter and Clemente both had audio from that. Uh, they were recording on Twitter. I mean, a lot of people were recording in the mule, and I was an idiot. I was actually going to voice memo the thing, and then I just completely forgot about it. So I don't have it. The Down and Dunk guys, their live stream did not have audio, I don't think. So that was kind of a bummer. But, um,. But yeah, I mean, it was so lively in there, and, you know, first off, they took their precious time, ESPN took their precious, precious time, and milking out every single second until Mark Tatum had to open up an envelope, like, they brought in the guys, I think it's like Ernst and Young, whoever supervises the, the whole thing, they show him and, like, some other person for about two seconds, and then they cut to a five-minute commercial break, and next thing you know, Wojnarowski and Maria Taylor are talking about freaking Davion Mitchell for 10 minutes, and then, I mean, they just had so many player interviews squashed in there, I don't even remember Kate Cunningham, like, I don't know, and then they were hyping up Mitchell as, like, the number five prospect, it was just very, very funky, how it was all set up, and that set up the table for what we saw, and I mean, honestly, this night has been something I've been waiting for since December, I mean, when I was there, I was so excited, I think for a lot of people who attended this, or just any party, I know there was one at Rodeo Cinema as well, like, there has not been any Thunder games, like, there has not really been any gatherings, so it was super nice, um, and a lot of people showed up, like, we're talking by six, every single table was gone. And yeah, it was wild. A lot of people were standing up, met some, uh, met some new people, saw some, saw some friends that I have not seen in a minute too. So that was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, it starts out and 
obviously everybody's anxious and you just you just steamrolling through the first you know like three four five picks we know we're safe until eight but the craziest part about this was when we were just going from pick to pick there were zero skips whatsoever so it seemed like the thunder were in a prime scenario i thought we had a top four pick i thought we had it secured you go right down golden state giant cheer pacers cheer spurs hornets you know pelicans kings all of those nine through 14 nothing i mean we are talking no no differences between the standings so it seemed like we had it made in the shade and even at eight two like the bulls i think they were projected to be there too so you hit pick seven and it's still at a clean slate so as you all know, like there's always going to be some some shakeup, and it seemed inevitable that the guys from five through seven were gonna get a play, and you got it with the Raptors at seven. Truthfully, when they pulled out Minnesota's card, like I guess it would be Golden State's. Did I care? Not really. I mean, I didn't even know the Raptors jumped into the top four until after they revealed, you know, pick six and picks pick five too. But yeah, I mean, that happened, and then you hit pick six, and some dude, there are like two people who were just yelling, one more pick, and what do you know? We don't get one more pick. We get number six, and the dream is dead. Like, the energy in that place was actually ridiculous. I don't think I've been in that uh, that sort of like situation. That's my first draft lottery party I've been to, and the energy there was insane and to make it even cooler i mean we had a chance at houston's pick so you see six does not go our way and you know like you're obviously everyone's super let down everyone's super bummed but you got one more card left at five and what do you know it's the damn orlando magic so you only get pick six and everyone was kind of just dead in the room but luckily there was still the Houston Rockets left on the board. That's not luckily. We should have had their pick, right? But, you know, there was still the hope they didn't get the number one selection. So everyone was like, Houston at four, it's cool. Toronto Raptors, whatever, whatever. Three, Cleveland Cavaliers, and you got the Pistons, and you got the Rockets. Thank God the Houston Rockets did not get the number one pick. Just think about the implications it would have, not just for the Thunders draft picks, but also just the whole entire Western Conference. We do not need Cade Cunningham here unless he's in a Thunder jersey. And I'll tell you what, Detroit, they're never going to move Cade Cunningham in a million years. He's going to the Motor City, and that's a that's as sure as it can get. Funniest part about it is, um, you know, had the Thunder lost, you know, the, their final game against Daniel Aturu and Patrick Patterson, maybe we would be the ones with Cade Cunningham right now. But you dig into that, it's like, you know, it's kind of sad, and then even like, hey, if we lose the coin flip, we get the third pick, I don't really know if that's how it shakes up, right, but um, yeah, you just run through all those cycles, I'm not really into that, I mean, I'm not gonna say stuff happens for a reason, because, you know, I don't know what what good reason there'd be, we, we wouldn't have Cade Cunningham right now, we got pick number six, but um yeah, whatever. I mean, at least, at least Houston did not get the first pick. Like, that was the one saving grace of this night. If Houston would have gotten the number one selection in this draft, I know for a fact everybody in the Mule, in the Rodeo Cinema, even at home, would have been 
furious. We're talking just walking up, leaving. Forget about the, you know, the Suns game. Tell, we're turning it off. No point in watching that. Makes, you know, no impact on us, truthfully. So at least that happened to where, you know, when you look at the top five picks, the only team is the Houston Rockets at two, at least from the Western Conference. You can let the East get the talent here. Main guy is Cade Cunningham, and then you start kind of working down the board. And, I mean, when you look at it at six, like, you got to keep in mind, we have six, we have 16, which Presti had a conference with the media like 90 minutes before. I was not in it, but I know the Kemba Walker trade was discussed, and um, amongst other things. So he discussed that, and then the value of the pick itself. And, you know, when he's talking, like... He, you know, he's talking about the value of it. It's really a trade ship if it needs to be. Same with 18, and then 34 and 36, and 55. 55, who cares? We're just going to get some random guy from, um, you know, from overseas or something. But, you know, 34 and 36 actually have some good value. Same goes with 16, same goes with 18, and 6 sure as hell does. And luckily, when you look at the board right now, you know, I kind of walked into this like a week ago it seemed like Jonathan Kaminga was rounding out that top five and out of nowhere Scotty Barnes is just getting this resurgent we like we've seen people have Scotty Barnes ranked number three right now on the boards and we have a month left so you know it, it may turn from one you know primary media member to everybody thinking not only is um you know not only is he better than Kaminga maybe even like a Jalen Suggs or something because I'm not high on Suggs personally. I think Jalen Green is astronomically better than him, at least for what the Thunder need. Maybe other GMs might not value him as much either because I still think he needs some help, especially shooting the basketball. Playmaking, he's good. But um, yeah, I mean, you better be prepared to make him be the, the guy with the basketball. And I don't know if everybody's really committed to that. Not, not especially the Thunder, that's for sure. I mean, when you look at the board... One of the things that sticks out is you got Golden State at 7, you got Golden State at 14, they have James Wiseman who clearly doesn't fit what they need right now, like Wiseman is still so raw, I I forgot how young he is, he's one of the younger guys from the previous draft class, I feel like he's just a get, you know, you can get him in a trade, with 7 and 14, I don't know if we have the win now assets for them, like would a Lou Dort help them, it definitely would, would we trade Lou Dort for the number 7 pick? I would not. I mean, I don't know what Presti would see there, but you get six and you get seven. And maybe you do door, you package it up. Maybe you get Wiseman. So you, you're sure up the center minutes. I don't know if Wiseman gets what you want. Like maybe you can, um, you know, you can make Wiseman a very valuable asset for you. Cause there's a reason he was picked second overall last year. Like let's not, let's not slide him. He can shoot a little bit. So there might be potential as him, you know, maybe stretching like mid-range shots or something, but you give him a crack at it, see what he can do. I mean, he's going to be 20 starting next season, so you can try that. You know, you, you can try whatever pick too, but I don't know, man. I mean, right now it sucks because you know that picks one, pick one and pick two are essentially landlocked. You're not going to talk to the Pistons and you know, sure as hell, if you even say hello to the Houston Rockets GM, he's going to slam the phone. He's going to block Sam Presti's number. That's that. We're going to let Houston pick whoever they want it to. And you know, it's not like we have any choice of this. They can do whatever they want there. 
but uh, it gets a little bit interesting at three. And when I look at Houston's pick first, I'm a little curious as to what they do because when you look at their core right now, I really only see it as KPJ and Christian Wood, maybe. Like Christian Wood, when you're thinking the grand scheme of things for the Houston Rockets rebuild, I don't know if he fits exactly. I mean, he's 25. He's going to be 26 hitting next year. I think if Cade Cunningham was, if they had number one, yeah, he'd fit perfectly. You could still build around him. You could get some more picks. I don't know. I don't know if you trade him. I know he's on a really good deal as well. But um, I'd probably consider KPJ, Christian Wood, and then maybe even like Kenyon Martin Jr. as their three assets. Outside of that, I really don't see much in their future. So they need a center, and they also, you know, they need a guard somewhere. So they have options. I mean, obviously, the consensus is Evan Mobley. I don't think the Houston Rockets are going to care based on position. If they want to go out and get their guy, they need to do it. They need to go swing for the fences and... This is a draft class loaded with guards. I mean, Cade's gone, but you still can pick between either of the two Jalens. I hope and pray to God it's not Jalen Green. Jalen Suggs, take him. He'd be an amazing playmaker. I actually think he'd fit well next to Kevin Porter Jr., actually. A little bit more than Green because I feel like they kind of clash in terms of ball handling duties, passing. Like, that might be an issue. So, I think Jalen Suggs would fit perfectly. But, hell, get Evan Mobley that's fine when i'm looking at this thunder roster the main deal with me is you need to find the co-star to sga and Cade's off the board whatever you got evan mobley and you got jalen green as those two primary guys and cleveland i'm definitely going to be talking about it later on but cleveland there's already reports they're looking to trade back in this draft and they have a nasty contract in kevin love that's that's a deal that I think Kevin Love wants to be on a contender. Do the Thunder provide that for him? Absolutely not. Like, not even close. He's on a four-year, $120 million contract. And when you're checking out where he's at on this deal, he's still got two more left. And he's making damn near $60 million off that. That's guaranteed money, by the way. And he's going to be 35 when he hits free agency. That's terrible. And no one's going to touch that. If you thought Kemba was a toxic contract, if you thought Horford was, Kristaps Porzingis was, welcome to Kevin Loveland. Like, you would have to pick him up and buy him out or something. And the Thunder can do that. Like, even with Kemba Walker or any sort of max deal, if they get on another bad contract, it's not like the money's going to matter until you start getting everybody off these rookie-scale contracts. And... We'll hit that, you know, in like one to two years, but it's not going to be that big of a deal. So you can take on ugly contracts right now and it doesn't matter. Kevin Love's never going to contribute for you and I might as well just cut him. Like we don't need to see Kevin Love here, right? And I don't think Kevin Love wants to be in Oklahoma City, maybe work on a negotiation, but you could take him off their hands, pick up selection number three. And when you look at the, you know, their, their roster right now, they have a hole at the power forward position, and we have two very good young power forwards to offer. One of them, I don't know if I'd want to offer them, and that's Alexei Pogashevsky. They'd probably love to have him. I mean, right now, they have Garland, they have Sexton, Isaac Okoro, and Jarrett Allen. Darius Baisley would fit in there, and clearly he'd need to sh- shoot the basketball well, but he gives you that nice blend of ball handling skills and also attacking the basket. You have two guards already who are already very ball hit, like, you know, 
They needed the ball a lot in Sexton and Garland. I know that's a major issue for them. But you get another guy in with Darius Baisley, and maybe he can kind of shift the cards a little bit. And to make things even nicer, you're going to get another selection at pick number six. So you move up three, and you toss in Baisley. You get a bad contract off in Kevin Love. And maybe that's an overpay. I don't even know. For the Thunder's sake, if they can't get there with just Bays and in that pick, hell, you could toss in a future first. You can toss in 18. You got two very valuable second round picks that can get you steals. So they have that. But they're not going to be able to trade or at one or two. And when you look at three, that is the one they can seriously make a play for because they do need a power forward. And when you're talking who's going to be available at six... It's going to be one of Scotty Barnes or Jonathan Kuminga, and you can play either of them at power forward. I think the little talk with Kuminga is he's too tiny. You can't play him at four. I think you can play him at four. He's listed as 6'6". Six, six. I think it's BS. I think he's a little bit taller than that. And then with Barnes, just got combine measurements back from him. He's crazy. I think he has like a 7'3 wingspan, 6'9 with shoes. Maybe it's without shoes. Um, but yeah, like he is a freak athlete who could fill in very versatile defenders there who can attack pretty similar to Baisley and you know, you could use Baisley off the bench or something. I mean, hell you could probably get a deal off where you trade a guard and like uh, a Ty Jerome or I don't even want to throw in Maldon, but maybe I just wanted, I would want to keep Dort and Poku off limits, but the Thunder are far and away the prime candidate to get the Cleveland Cavaliers pick if they trade it. And I think Toronto is pretty interesting too, because they also are in need of a forward. Like they don't need a guard that bad. And they got Fred Van Vliet. Looks like they're trying to stay committed to him. Now, when you look at Kyle Lowry, seems like he'd be gone. And that's where the questions arise. Who's going to play at the one and two positions? For me, I think it'd be Van Vliet and maybe like a Gary Trent Jr. or something like that. But when you look at their ex executives, maybe they'd want to pair him up with another kind of guard and you can try to promote Trent Jr. up a position. I don't know if they'd go that route. You know, they do have OG and Anobi, so you need to take that into consideration. But yeah, I mean, I feel like they also are in that same boat where they could, you know, jump the gun and go for a guy like a Scotty Barnes or something or a Kuminga, truthfully, and you know, that'd be that. And if they like both prospects, it's a match made in heaven because the Thunder, they'll offload some picks and, you know, they'll get whatever scrap is left out of the top four. And I mean, that's the hunt here. I mean, a trade is really just a dream scenario that I'm just running through my head, honestly. Like, I don't know if it's going to happen, obviously, but um, there's a there's a chance. Like, Presti's definitely making phone calls. You already know he had a very extensive draft board and I'm pretty salty. I don't even get to use it. My draft board really like my top five. I evaluated them way too freaking much and you don't even hit on them right now. Time will tell, you know, what happens here. And that's what I said for lottery day too, but there can be moves that will be made. The Thunder they have so many first-round picks, like 18 first-round picks, and it's not 1-5. and five. It's 6-18 and 18 that you got paired with 16. Um, but, yeah, you can still move there. And then even if you have a guy in that late lottery, I think you could make a play. Personally, when I look at this draft class, I see it as very uh, almost top-heavy. And then 
I don't know if I'm as high in the middle of the lottery as some people, and I need to do more evaluation on guys like Moses Moody, Davion Mitchell, who they were hyping up as this like basketball god. And I don't know why they had him at five, but um, yeah, just guys like that. I mean, I've done a report on Jalen Johnson too. I don't know. Like, there's just a lot of those middle of the pack guys, even like a Josh Giddy. I'll need to research more of them. I'm more interested in the steals because I think there's a lot of steals currently. No one's looking at the guys like the JT Thors and the Isaiah Todds, even a Trey Murphy, who I know is rising up boards right now. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys that I think the Thunder can play with. And there's potential to find that next Poku type in this draft class. I think Thor would be that, like a seven foot four wingspan. But but yeah, I mean, the hope is not dead here. I mean, luckily Sam Presti is the one manning the show, so you don't have to worry about some, you know, scrum, scrubby GM like just wasting picks away. Like uh I don't even know. I, I mean I'm not gonna throw the Suns under the bus, but like the Jalen Smith pick they made last year at ten. Did anyone see that coming? And like they they overshot on Cameron Johnson too. They're not bad players per se, but um, you know, it's not like, you know, they kind of overshot. I know it was Smith for sure. But yeah, like there's busts that will come around. I think Sam Presti, you know, with the ability to kind of pick anyone he wants outside the top five, which should be solidified by next month. He's going to have the board and he's going to get exactly who he wants. So the scouting process at six is perfect because it's not like there's a lot of unpredictable things that could pan out. Maybe you get a Kuminga instead of a Scotty Barnes there. But outside of those two players, like I don't see anyone else sliding there. So you are going to be able to evaluate everything. You're going to evaluate all your options. It's going to be great for them. And I know they're scouting has uh has been a great department of theirs so i mean we've seen it in the g league we saw it in the draft last year for sure we're gonna see it in action again so i trust in them um you know i I just really think three and four is about it in terms of trade deals to move up i don't think the magic would want to move i think if anything the magic they'd want to move up they could package picks five and eight and make an offer that someone simply could not refuse and I don't know. Like, they have a lot of guards already. They have Foltz. They have Cole Anthony. They just got RJ Hampton. I don't know if those guys are stars. Like, if somehow a Suggs or something pulls up at five, you probably pull the trigger on him. But you also have a hole at this small forward position. And you got Jonathan Isaac back from injury. That's big. They need a small forward, though. And when you look at Scotty Barnes and Jonathan Kaminga, I feel like they'd probably go with Jonathan Kaminga over a Scotty Barnes. That's just kind of me projecting things. Like, I don't know. I feel like for the uh, for the Magic, they kind of want to get another player who's more almost... I don't think Kaminga's more like offensive-oriented than a Barnes, truthfully. But I think this shot might have more aspects to it. So, go for him. Try to pair someone who can shoot. You got Isaac. And you can go up and running and even have a pick at eight to get a guard to work out with uh, with Anthony Hampton and Foltz, you know, if he's going to be playing. But they have options, even like a Sangoon or, or whatever, you know, like they can play. And 
I don't know. I mean, I was kind of expecting this to be like the Thunder talking about picks five and six or something. That would be a win. And it wouldn't be like this flashy, flashy win, but it's a major win for sure. Like five and six, you can move up a couple spots anyways. And with three and 18 or whatever it is, that's still a major win in my book. Six and 18 was what was expected. It happened. And I'm not happy with the results. I will tell you that right now. But, I mean, you know, you kind of just live with it, man. And this is going to be a harsh pill to swallow because we're going to see these guys fly off the board. Maybe Presti never gets this trade off. And Cade's going to rattle off. Mobley's going to rattle off. Suggs, Green, Kuminga, Barnes, whoever it is. And at six, it's not going to look as, you know, not going to look as pretty. You're not going to have as many kind of gems to pick at. And uh, it's kind of more just panning for gold because there's a lot more misses. And obviously, when you look at top fives, like not everybody's going to shake out. No top five class is where every prospect exceeds expectations or meets them anyways. I still think that, you know, Suggs in particular is probably not going to hit that mark. Some of them might rise above those expectations. And... That's just the that's just the beauty of the draft. I mean, they say it all the time. It's an inexact science. This is exactly what it is, and we're gonna be shooting dice. And luckily, you got five out of the top thirty-six, so you get a lot of throws at it. Um, you had a lot of throws to get this top five pick, though. You know, like there was a seventy-five percent chance we got a one top five pick, and like a twenty-five percent chance we got two. Didn't happen. And when we got seven. 66.7% chance of the Rockets being a five. No go. No go. So, if, if when we're talking worst case scenarios here, this is the third worst. Uh, actually, maybe not. Maybe not. Because, you know, if we got like pick five and the Rockets got one or something, that'd suck. You know, when you're talking other things though, like if they got pick one, doomsday. If we had seven and they had one, that is the worst you could possibly even imagine. We would have to deal with the Rockets for so freaking long, man. And, you know, if it hasn't already been enough of a journey, like, damn, they just walked away, took this draft pick from us, and they're just running away in the dust. They don't even need to worry about this. I forgot what the protections are, but I think we get like a second round pick or some crap. So we get crumbs left on the table here. And they get to walk away with the Mobley or one of the Jalens, right? So, Houston, big winner. Obviously, Detroit, they are the gigantic winner. They have a cornerstone piece to pair alongside with their core right now, which is probably Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, and Jeremy Grant. I've seen Grant trades, but those are like the Twitter ones where, truthfully, it's like a 13-year-old just split out a ton of them and, you know, you want to say it's real. It's not real. Like, I don't know if they're going to move Jeremy Grant, to be honest. But they're going to have Kate Cunningham and Killian Hayes probably will be available now because of this move. I don't know. Like, you could play Cade in kind of versatile lineups. So you could have Killian, but he's so, like, traditional point guard. Like, he needs the basketball. Cade's the clear initiator. So maybe, maybe Hayes opens up in this market. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think the real fun... The real fun starts at two, like no kidding, but it'll be interesting to see how the Houston Rockets play this because they can go for that guard. They can go for an elite scorer. If they want a Harden guy, you know, I think Jalen Green kind of gives you that archetype. 
if he reaches that, that would be insane. Um, that's a very high expectation to place on Jalen Green, but I think he is the most like, you know, most Harden-esque player we've seen in a good minute in this draft. Like, I think if he was in last year's draft, you say bye to Anthony Edwards, maybe even LaMelo Ball too, you're going to see Jalen Green in a Minnesota Timberwolves jersey, and that's just how it goes. Like, he has the ability to be very, very good. So they could take him, and then you just see dominoes. But I am very, very strong on uh, on Green there. I mean, no injuries. He's going to be extremely good. Uh, when you look at the Thunder, though, man, like the options are going to be like a Scotty Barnes type, and I think he's very good defensively. He's going to sure you up. We have a lot of guys like that, and he's very athletic too. He can finish around the basket, even in transition. He he's good at passing too. Like I didn't mention that, but one of the comparisons is like a Draymond Green miniature version because he's very good at passing uh, in transition or sometimes even in the half courts. But um, you know, you need a three point shot, and if you get a guy like Barnes and he doesn't have that three, you are screwed over like we just saw it and obviously this is a whole different scenario like scotty barnes isn't going to be your second or third option right away like especially if you can't shoot at all three levels but like ben simmons like the what we saw from him against the 76ers the whole franchise is is throwing him under the bus kind of is deserved but it's very awkward to see like a whole franchise do that they've thrown him under the bus and he couldn't make a free throw for his life he refused to take shots Obviously, I don't think Barnes would be like that, but I mean, he's not a great shooter, and that's the same goes for Kaminga, same goes for a lot of guys, but if he never gets that shot together, it can become a liability in how you want to play, and truthfully, you would need to play small ball lineups where Barnes would be playing at that five, and he has shown he can play one through four amazing, and there's more tape I'll need to untap to see if he can play at the five, especially at the next level. If that is the case, you know, maybe it is a good pick because you can play small ball with him and the liability of his lack of a jumper is kind of minimized. But if you're going to be running a half court set where you got Barnes who can't shoot and let's just say whatever center the Thunder get, don't he, he can't shoot either. Then you're setting yourself up for disaster and you could go for Keon Johnson. That's the guy that I think has potential. And the more I watch him, the more it's like, I don't know. I mean, he's an elite athlete. He's a great uh, defender as well, but he's going to need a jump shot and he has the tools like the, the shot looks fluid. He has a spin jumpers and everything, but he's got to bring the full package together. He's like a Jalen Green minus that jumper and Jalen Green minus a jumper is not as valuable as you guys would think because you need to be able to create shots at the mid range and the three in order to work inside too but he's one of those and then you know all the rest like i said like people have been hyping up the moody's the you know the the mitchells and everything like but i just haven't looked at them yet so i'll make sure to look at those guys the one i have as i stated is jalen johnson and i think i think i have yet to post that one so i think i've had that stored up just a little bit and I'll get that out, probably packaged with another prospect later on in the season, or later on in the month, really. And if I already posted it, I'm just a complete idiot. And, yeah, I mean, that's the end of the story there. I'm just a, I'm just a freaking idiot for for not remembering I posted that. But, yeah, I did, a, I did an evaluation on him. He does have potential. He's also very, very raw. And 
that means the floor is extremely low for him. But luckily, you know, with any pick the Thunder are making this year, you're swinging for the fences. You want to get another year of the Pokus. You want to try for the Maladones. There are a lot of Maladones in the second round. It's going to change. We're going to see guys fly up, fly down the boards. It's just the nature of the game here. But um, yeah, the Thunder can still get a very good haul, whether you see a trade or not. And, you know, hopefully there is going to be play. Like, I wanted to get on here and say no deals need to be made, but you're going to have to dig into that war chest. And I'll tell you what, for all these people, the Cavs, the Raptors, whoever, maybe a guy like the, maybe someone like the Rockets would have their price. Anyone has their price probably not the Pistons though you need to be digging deep to make any sort of move and that is um you know that's that's a game that you know we have 18 picks right now till 2027 you can run through those pretty fast if you're not paying a lot of attention and we have so many young assets there's gonna be cuts that truthfully I don't think we're ready to accept that yet but we're taking five picks in I mean currently we don't have a center and we're still having roster issues like we're gonna have some people cut that we do not want to see cut we're gonna have people traded that we do not want to be seen traded but yeah i mean the, the picks they just kind of hint towards some extra moves that we don't know about and hell let me remind you guys we have kemba walker on the roster currently so he will be taking minutes unless there's some sort of deal that will you know just magically appear in uh in the next month which you know it, it could be possible it very much could be possible we thought horford couldn't get dealt he got dealt and now you got kemba looks like an ugly contract i don't know man maybe you get a Przingis. that's gonna be your center and you can get up a guard or, or whatever it is like there's there's still options here and we'll figure it all out on draft night like this was just not the result we wanted we wanted you know we wanted to go into this having a top five pick immediately especially top four and then the potential to trade back in uh trade up for another high pick and the way it stands now i think you have a perfect package with six you know 16 18 the two seconds and even some of your players you're going to be able to climb up but if you want to hit on that second pick more work will need to be done and you know the work will be left up to sam presti Luckily, you know, we have the draft combine, so there's going to be some more scouting done. I know Presti's probably walking out of this night infuriated. I mean, I'm walking out of this one pretty depressed. I'm not going to lie, but, um, you know, hopefully that will change. Hopefully there will be some move and the Thunder, you know, go ahead and scoop up um, scoop up a, a guy that we can pair up for uh, a long time with SGA because, you know, there were some surefire bets now in that top three. Now it's a more of a um I don't know. It's it's just more of a mystery. We don't know for sure what's gonna happen and that's just what this is gonna be. It's gonna be a mystery unanswered until we hit lottery or hit draft night. I'm so used to saying lottery night. I've been hyping it up for months and months. It happened and now life goes back to usual and that sucks. You got Thunder, or you got you got playoff basketball you guys can watch. You can play the you can watch Clippers, watch the Suns, and then you get to watch the Atlanta Hawks. You know, you get to watch the Hawks and you get to watch the Bucks. So we'll see what happens. You know, luckily we can see the playoff coverage kind of tune out what happened tonight for a little bit. I don't want to accept it right now. It's gonna hit me like a wave, and 
I might just have some freaking trauma from that this night that I had at the mule. Like, I'll, I'll play the audio, or, you know, I would play the audio. I'm not just going to rip it straight off of um, off of Hunter there, but you guys can check him out on Twitter. You know, I did a collab. You guys can just find the collab episode I did with him. I have him linked. But you guys can check out the video because it is very cool. And, you know, it's a piece of Thunder history that, hell, I think we could look at in, like, five years. And if things pull out right, that might be in a little highlight film. You know, that day, that day could be significant. And would have been a lot more significant with number one. No kidding. But, I don't know, man. We might draft the next Michael Jordan at six. We might. I don't know if it's uh, very good odds, but whatever. You know, we didn't have good odds, apparently, going into tonight. So we'll see. Maybe the odds will turn back into our favor. But anyways, guys, that's just kind of my immediate thoughts from this deal or from the results here. I know I was kind of rambling about prospects and trades. I'll have it a lot more formulated. This was just kind of my deal. No script. Just get right into it. Talk about whatever it is that's on my mind. So there'll probably be more stuff on my mind. If you guys want to kind of hear more of those, make sure to check me out on Twitter. Just my name, at Ben Kreider. If you guys want to check out any of the other podcasts from the Basketball Podcast Network, you guys can do that as well. I always have their network mentioned on my new posts. So you guys can click on that, and you can check their website out. I think there's 28 different teams. One of those is the Cavs, or one of them is the Pistons. I don't know if we got one for the Rockets, but... Um, I think we got it spread out pretty well. Maybe we don't have one for the Raptors, but everywhere else, you should be covered, and you can hear any sort of perspective you guys are looking for. Some of them are going to be good. Some of them are going to be bad. But um, but yeah, just a little plug there if you guys want to hear some other takes on this very huge night for the Thunder. Didn't get what we want, but you know we got a month to uh, to see what shakes out. So that's what I'm going to close with. You know, I went into lottery night kind of with that. Truthfully, I went in thinking we'd get high picks and didn't happen for us. Whatever. I mean, I'm not going to stay stuck on it because, you know, I'm not going to live in the past off that, but we'll see what happens. So I want to thank you guys all for listening to this episode, and I will talk to you all next time. See ya.